You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 109, Feng Shui 101, what is Feng Shui? Welcome to episode 109 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, we have over three decades of experience designing harmonious spaces with our clients in our successful design businesses. Through articles, books, workshops, videos, TV appearances, and consultations, and through our, through our school, we have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their living spaces. Mindful Design School is our school, and we are the ones that are bringing you the podcast. We offer feng shui courses and certifications. So it's a really great way to support us if you've been listening to the podcast for a, a while. And you can check out what we have available at mindfuldesignschool.com. So thanks for joining us. So Laura and I were brainstorming at the end of last year on how to create like a more robust offering for all of you with um, the podcast. So one of the things that we did was we went from recording this podcast twice a month to now offering it every week. So we hope you guys are enjoying that because Laura was telling me that because Laura loves podcasts and she said when she has a podcast that she loves, she wants more and more and more and more, right? Yep, exactly. So yeah, and then we also thought we could have a once a month offering, which we would call Feng Shui 101. And we would kind of go back to the basics. And, you know, we have a lot of the older, um, earliest podcast episodes where, where I went over the basics, but it's always great because Laura and I are always evolving our relationship to Feng Shui. We're always evolving how, what it means to us. And then off, obviously it would be great for you to have Laura's take on the feng shui basics. So we're not going to redo them, but we're going to just revisit. And it's always good to have a beginner's mind and go back to the basics, right? Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And there's always, you know, just talking about it, different things come up and it's never a waste of time to go back and just talk about the simple parts and the basics. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, um, we both abide by the thought that simple can understand complex, but complex doesn't understand simple. So we really value going back to the basics, going back to the foundations. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to start at the very beginning and talk about what is feng shui. So I'll start with mm -hmm. um, feng shui. What is feng shui? So feng shui is a Chinese word and it's it's um, an art of how to begin to look at your environment and how it affects you energetically. And it was developed in ancient China. And the words feng shui literally translate to wind and water. Feng is wind and shui is water. And this term comes from an ancient poem and uh, where it talks about the different elements of nature and how we can live in harmony with nature. So that really gets to what feng shui is about. It's about how we can begin to live in harmony with nature and how to create built environments that can respect, acknowledge, and be in tune and actually harness the positive aspects of the natural world. 
Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, that is. Um, I think that's a good way to think of it almost a little more broadly and not just try and pigeonhole it as being something that is really, it is in parts about placing things in certain places, but that's really not the heart of the practice. And I think, you know, when you get at the, you know, it's not about, it's not about superstition. It's not about, um, doing little things in little places, although that is a fun and simple thing you can do at the heart of the practice, the foundation of the practice is really, like you said, is we have, we live in a different time. I mean, we live in a hectic time. We create these environments, we create spaces, we live in the world. And it is a practice that evolves and comes from, you know, ancient roots about how to live in this world using principles and systems and methods that are connected to uh, honoring energies in nature, I think. And, 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 you know, the systems that the cosmological ideas of how things flow, the cycles of nature, the, our own states of being and how that shifts and really trying to make sense of it all. Uh, and so that when we are in a home or in outside in, you know, something we've created, we feel at ease and we feel more comfortable. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to point out is that feng shui is also an Eastern practice. It's it's based on Eastern tradition and Eastern philosophy where it's a yes and not a this or that. Mm -hmm. So when Laura is talking about, well, it's deep practice, not necessarily about adding things here and there, but it is also about adding things here and there. So it's a yes and. Mm -hmm. And things are, um, it's its in a lot of ways par can be paradoxical, which a lot of Western, um, and, and you know, I grew up in the West, so our viewpoint, and actually this human viewpoint is really difficult sometimes for us to wrap our heads around, like how can we be, how can it be yes and, isn't it either or? Mm -hmm. But I think, um, especially younger people, because Laura and I are really old. Um, <laughs> Younger people are really starting to embrace this, like with um, with gender fluidity, like how do you be yes and yeah. Oh, you know something actually, before we get into this, um, Laura put together a really nice outline for us to talk about, but uh, I am listening to this book about the foundations of Asian civilization or civilization in the East. And they were talking about yin and yang, which is one of the oldest concepts uh, that is the basis of Eastern civilization. And it started out and it basically just means the sunny side of the hill or the shady side of the hill. Mm -hmm. So it's feng, that's feng shui. Yep. And when we, when we start teaching our students, that comes up a lot. I mean, there is a particular adjustment that we do um, with a mirror that is literally about creating a mini sunny side of the mountain and a mini sunny moon side or shady side of the mountain. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is that fundamental. But then, you know, what happens is, and I mean, again, I'm not saying you can't do this. It's just when you, like you said, when you think that that's all of it is we start to, and I mean, everyone does this now with yin and yang, like, okay, so yang is man or masculine and then yin is feminine. And, you know, you get really rigid because it is fun to sort of go and put them in boxes. 
um, you really do have to go back to, okay, what are we talking about this on a really broad scale so we don't get pigeonholed into um, rules, like really strict rules? That's why we like to use the word guidelines. Uh, but it's, or, it's, or, or it depends <laughs> or it depends. Yeah. Yeah. Our teachers were so funny. Every, the answer to, there would be a, maybe a, a barrage of answers and then it would always end with the option. It depends or other. So, um, it can be maybe, I think some of our students kind of find it really challenging at first, but I think when you begin to open up to it, it becomes quite liberating and really, um, beautiful in the sense of the infinity of it, right? It's, it's, you can step out of time and not be constrained by this linear A to B or A or B, but rather go into infinity where this infinite space where things can conflict, but be different, but be the same. So there's, there's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is a testament to the practitioner to use that creativity and discernment and to know that just, you know, there are no specific rules. It's really about you using your own judgment, your own critical thinking, your training, um, your compassion, your flexibility to come up with solutions that really work and that aren't, that you're not, that there's not a lot of, you know, oh, well, it always has to be done this way. So therefore X, Y, Z, whereas as a, when you start to practice it for a while and you start to, you know, step back from all the rules or the feeling that, you know, have to, everything has to be like a certain way, you can see the flexibility in this practice, which for me is really important. And it is, um, and the flexibility and the ability to bring in your own, yes, you bring in your own tuition, you use it, um, you start there and then you use the methods and the tools that you're given, but you also layer on top your own wisdom, like your own and your critical thinking and you're realizing and, and really showing up for the client or for whoever you're practicing for with saying, okay, well, what is, what does this really mean? So I think, and then you can get really creative and then that's where the, the practice is really powerful. It's a combination of all of these things, which takes time. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. It wouldn't it be so much easier if really you could just go buy an exact guidebook and you always knew everything. I mean, right. But that's not the practice. Yeah. Um, I think people, I know that we offer, sometimes we offer checklists and that's basically for the that's for the masses, but when we work with our students, we challenge them and we don't want to give anyone a checklist because it actually provides constraints and limitations rather that feeling of infinity. And, and you know, Laura, you were, um, you were talking about earlier, like how feng shui is a living, breathing mm -hmm. practice. So that's like, it's also, yeah, you don't want to, would you as a human want to be put in a box? So the practice is also alive. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I mean, yes, it's an ancient lineage, but this is where using your flexibility, seeing how it can evolve, um, you know, situations are different, clients are different, and you need to co-create and you need to keep the essence of the practice and the heart of the practice in mind. But really, um, yeah, it's, it, it's got flexibility, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if some people are 
especially maybe new listeners, some people are surprised at this because they might just think, oh, it's about the right way or the wrong way to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I was telling Laura, so I do um, a lot of IGTVs, Instagram TV. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, you should definitely do that because I create a lot of videos um, almost every day and give some kind of feng shui support. And it only lasts, I only keep it up there like a few days. And the most recent ones I've done that are the most popular have negative words in them. <laughs> so it's like bad feng shui plants or feng shui mistakes. And it's kind of sad that that's what people are attracted to. But really, Laura and I really want to shift this perce perception that feng shui is really a compassionate practice and it's not about good or bad and strict rules and regulations. And if you do this, um, you have the worst feng shui in the world. Yeah. Yeah. The fear. And, but I think people do see, this is the thing. People like to have absolutes often, and they like to be told what to do. And I think that's where you have to be careful as a practitioner, or even when, for those that are doing it, you want, and, and there's nothing wrong with you expecting someone to come and hold space for you and to tell you really, what do I need to do? Like, what should I do in order for my, a, you know, I need, you know, I'm feeling low in this particular area of my life or my home is not supporting me and whatever. I mean, you obviously want somebody to show up and hold space and have some answers, right? And that is, and that is part of it. But we try and encourage, you know, I mean, and this is taking a long time, but, you know, I've tried to um, show up with not with without having a list of all the answers. So you, yes, you obviously want to um, come up you have this training. That's why we do it. We train for this. It's not stuff we're just making up. And, you know, so yes, we have answers. We say, yes, if this is this, this is this, but, but then you ask a series of questions and then you start to dive a little bit deeper. So I think the compassion there for me is, um, not creating fear, showing up, um, with the, with the knowledge and the, the wisdom and the knowledge that you have, the real, you know, the training basically. And then, but really being able to hold space for clients. So yes, they're, they want to be, they want answers and that's completely fair. Um, but there is an appealing thing to have being told never do this or always do this. And because it's absolute, right? I mean, you don't have, there's no gray areas. And so I think it's really appealing and, and it's human nature, right? It's appealing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but we really do want to focus, Laura and I, I mean, different people have different approaches. Our approach is out of compassion and not a practice of fear. And, and hopefully the listeners, you, you understand that because really when it also comes, what it really comes down to, it's all about the energy, the chi, right? And mm -hmm. chi in itself doesn't necessarily actually need to be good or bad. It actually can contain both. Here's where it's yes. And, and, um, you know, one of my, I'm taking the shamanic energy healing training and the teacher said the best protection is healing yourself, which is, I think something that really stood out to me because as a feng shui practitioner and teacher, I think a lot of people come to us, right, Laura, out of fear and they want protection. Yeah. And really when you've healed yourself and you, you start working on your own journey is when you're truly can be open and protected at the same time. Whereas 
if you're living out of fear, then you always want to protect yourself, but you're not really, you're, 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 you're in pain. So what is the protection even doing? Mm -hmm. But that's the hardest work, right? So that's something I do love about this practice in some ways. So yes, you know, we often, we know when we work with a client, especially because we're outside of it, we see, okay, this isn't about there. They come, they come with fear. Like you were saying like, oh my God, I'm missing my wealth area or I'm doing this or, oh my God, I have a toilet here. Oh my gosh. You know, tell me what to do and fix it. It's like, okay, you know, here are things that you can do, but let's, you know, you do want to get to the, you want to unpack and get to the part of what they're, what's going on there in their terms of their personal chi, that they have this fear, that there's this worry. And that's of course, there, there are many things we do in, in feng shui and in our practice to, to work with that as well. Not every client is there and they may not want to do that right away. And that's fine. So the thing I love about this practice is that you can show up, you can do, use your training, you can do specific adjustments that are very, that are physical, like that are in the space that are, and that are grounded in, you know, our training, the wisdom, the lineage, um, chi, all these things that make sense. Sometimes they're mundane and all these things come together. It makes the client feel, yes, okay, we're working with something or, you know, I see this. And then that opens up, I think, to the next step where you can start to really, um, feel good about moving into working with your own personal chi, which is way tougher, right? And and mm. something that you don't need to jump into right away. It's good to be able to, it's good to be able to focus on the space. I'm glad that we have that in this practice, I have to say. Yeah, I think on one level, it's really approachable because a lot of people can easily make that connection to creating a physical shift in their home. So I think it's a pretty... Yeah, I was saying that I think it's a pretty approachable thing, feng shui, because people, sometimes people have a really easy time changing their space. Some people don't. Uh, it depends, but it's, it can be like kind of like a gateway drug to, uh, to shift to opening up to other healing modalities. And it's also, I think, beautiful feng shui because it's really connecting heaven and earth. So that's, there's this concept in Taoism, which we'll talk about in a second, and in Eastern traditions called connecting heaven and earth. And so heaven is kind of like our, our destiny and what we're given and earth is a feng shui. So we can start to look at how to shape our destiny and bring it down to earth. Cause we're all living, you know, although it's about the energy, it's about the chi. Laura, we should talk, we should have a whole episode that talks about chi as well. We but, do. Yeah, we do. It's on the schedule. It's okay. going to be one of our 101s. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So even though we have, um, we're, and energy is important, we can't forget about the physical world too, because we're living in this dimension where we're in a physical world. So we all know people that maybe like have mental health issues and they're maybe not living in this dimension so much. And so it's difficult to get along. So there's quite a skill and value in being able to connect heaven and earth. And that's part of the purpose of feng shui. How can we begin to connect the heaven energy to the earth realm? Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that kind of works into the second part of this, which I wanted to talk about, uh, which, well, there's two other things, but, but I thought we could talk a little bit about what are some of the methods, the systems that 
uh, feng shui practitioners use. So we talked about our training because as we say, we show up, you know, we work with clients um, or so as a practice, there is, there are tools, there are systems, there are methods. And so, um, you know, one of, you know, you, you learn a lot, you kind of maybe you got this big toolkit, uh, for lack of a better way of talking about it. And, you know, the, they're all, many of them are based on cosmological systems from Taoism. So the five elements and all of these things we're going to actually break out and do in a one-on-one just in a one-on-one. So we'll talk a bit of, we won't go into super depth here, but, um, the five elements is a system that is, again, that whole idea of connecting with nature. Um, and, the idea that there are certain types of energy and chi that refer back to characteristics, essences that you would find in nature. And how can we work with those and cycle those and use those, right? And then yin and yang, that's born out of yin and yang as well. So that's both of those sort of Taoist cosmological systems. Yes. And then another tool that we have that most people are familiar with is called the feng shui ba gua map and ba means eight and gua means areas so it means eight areas and it's really a mandala of energy it's an it's an energetic symbol and it is a divination tool that allows us to see how our life is connected to the cosmos to different states of being to the patterns and cycles of nature and how that is overlaid on our home which is another symbol of our home is a symbol and an energetic representation of our lives and um yeah and they're interconnected yeah and it's a way for us to divine as well some information um but it's always referred back to these cosmo it's still it is a cosmological system in itself the bagua because it's you know yes it's part divination but it's partly also about states of being and how our own life shifts into different states and moves um the next thing i was thinking of is just reading the chi of a home so the environment um the that there are specific design details there are specific ways of looking at space that tell us stuff and that's another thing that we use as practitioners and we learn you know the way doors line up the way a hallway flows the way you know the whole floor plan how it works or if you're looking at a plot of land so those kind of things are really reading the the chi of the home or the environment and seeing how that flows and that's sort of a broad topic and there's many many ways to do it but that's another key thing, I think, as practitioners that we we use. Yeah, and that's something that we really, well, these three, three of the many tools in the feng shui toolkit are like the, the five elements, yin and yang, the bagua, reading the chi of the home, the design details. And this is just some of the, the things that we teach our students. So, um, and I guess there's a lot of listeners who are just newbies and we want you to we we want you to know that there's something more. It's not just easy DIY recipe book, but it can be. That's why it's yes and but yes and. So yes, that can really make a huge shift. One change in your home could shift your entire life. At the same time, there's so much depth and that's something that we need to we, we need to honor the cultural tradition and the background and the lineage of this practice and really respect the 
those practitioners and and uh, teachers that really spend their lives, their whole lives, cultivating this wisdom. And not just like read, not take like a weekend workshop and read a book. And then it's, it's not that easy, but if you're doing it for yourself, you can be told like one thing to do and that can make a huge shift. Yeah. And a lot of our, for those listeners, a lot of our podcasts, you know, we always like to give people takeaways, simple things that you can do. And for me, it's simple things that you can do for feng shui, but they always tie back to the essence of the practice, right? So it's always, it's not like, um, it's not, maybe they may not be sexy, like kind of like, you know what, like really glamorous, but they're very simple approaches and simple things you can do that are effective. Cause again, we're all about simple being more powerful than, you know, a lot of glam and jazz hands and simple that really tie back to the essence. So if we tell you put a plant here in a specific place, it sounds so, so simple, but really it's tying back to this concept of the five elements, right? And it's tying back or it's tying to the Bagua or, and it's, and it's the essence is, well, we really want to work with vital chi. I mean, let's be really simple about this. So, and those kind of things, yes, it might seem kind of simplistic, but that's the practice. So if you can kind of wrap your head around that part of the practice, then you can start to get sexier, for lack of a better word, right, going forward. I wanted to also talk a little bit about um, there are many schools and approaches to feng shui, and that is okay. And I think a lot of people don't actually know this. So um, there's many modalities, there's many energy practices that have more than one approach. This is a common, you know, common thing, you know, you have it in yoga. Um, you have it where you have a practice that has developed over time and it has sort of splintered off into different ways of doing it and approaches and schools. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you find the, the version, the school, the approach that aligns with really resonates with you, but also they should all align with the same goal of really improving the quality of our lives and really looking at it and connecting back to the heart of that practice that we talked about. At least that's what I think for me. So there's, but there's many ways of doing it. Um, and we practice a very specific one, which we've mentioned, which is black sect or commonly called BTB. Um, and, but there's many other schools and we won't get into them all here, but, um, but it's something that people don't know. And it is part of, so if we're, we're talking about what is feng shui, that's part of it. It's something you should know. Yeah. And we're very inclusive here. <laughs> And, and not everyone is, and that's okay too. So Laura and I just are who we are and we were trained by our teachers. And so Laura and I have like a very integrated approach. And well, again, we, it comes back to the idea of compassion, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, that's the heart of the practice. The practice isn't, and fear, like the no fear. Like if the practice is to be inclusive, to be compassionate, to be flexible so that you can't, for us in our practice, we recognize all forms of feng shui. We just choose a very specific way of practicing it. So, yes, yes, and and we also do um, acknowledge that when we're teaching, in the sense that we want to teach. We teach from the way that we were taught, so we're passing it down the way that we were taught with the words that we were taught, and we very much respect that. And if we do 
shift from that. We, we acknowledge that as well. And we just think that you should, if you're curious, one, there's two, two approaches. One is go to the one that you're most called to, or the school that has the teachers that, that resonate with you. I don't re- recommend anyone just mix and match because that's very inappropriate to just kind of mash everything together without understanding. And I think um, another approach is to look at trying to stick to one boat instead of shopping around. And I understand some people have the personality type where they really want to shop around and that's, I'm encouraging that if that's your thing. But I personally am one that goes with, I go on intuition and I kind of know immediately like what resonates with me and I don't need to shop around because it's a lot of energy to expend to only just get back to the beginning. So we encourage you to stick to one boat, find the boat that resonates with you. And, and if you become an expert of all of it, sure, you can come up with your own, but maybe don't, maybe don't call it feng shui because feng shui is a lineage-based um, practice, right? Yeah. And it's okay to jump from one ship to another because I did that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, you, you jumped ship once though. Early on though, I jumped ship, like, yeah, I jumped ship once. Yeah. And then, um, and then now since then, I mean, that was quite a while ago and I've been pretty much on this boat for a while, but you know, I'm still informed of what the other boats are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know enough about that, but when I'm actually practicing it, I try and I don't mix and match, but it's good. Hey, you know, information is good. Um, critical thinking, thinking about what's going on, looking at what's around you. That's all important, but um, it's good to have that kind of discernment. But at the end of the day, when I actually practice it, yeah, I just stick with one, the one school, which is for me is the one that, um, you know, it clicked for me, the approach made sense for me. And I liked the flexibility and the compassion of the practice that the heart of the practice. So, Mm. Yeah. But I also kind of look at like, you know, the sticking to one boat is also, um, it's a little bit like, how we, you know, another buzzword is clutter, how we've developed clutter in our modern lives, that we have so much access to so many different things, so many different objects, so much different, so many different forms of information. And so when we have more than we need, it's hard to digest it. So we can approach it just like with food, right? Like we want to look at food where we don't have a lot of, we're not bringing together like thousands of, a lot of ingredients, right? We want to keep things more simple with how we're eating because part of our modern world is that we've made it much more complex with chemicals and lots of different processed things, right? So we want to simplify the way we eat. We want to simplify our homes having less things. We want to simplify our lives. We have like these devices that have so much communication. So this is also true in how we receive knowledge and wisdom. The more we can see the thread, the more I think we can receive. Yes. So basically just because you can doesn't mean you should. (laughs) Just because you can learn it doesn't mean you should learn it. Basically, you know, find Find one, 
decide, especially if you're deciding that this is what you're going to train in. Definitely. I mean, if you're going to start to work, it's good to really understand it. But that's, you know, that's also the water in me too, really like knowing the depth going deep on one thing rather than sort of, you know, all over the place. So that's Mm -hmm. a, it's a very watery approach too. Yeah. Deep like the ocean, not shallow, like a pond. Mm -hmm. Good, good, deep, dark water. Yeah. So I think, so that was our intro into Feng Shui 101 and it's our approach. So you're not going to read this in a book, probably what we just talked about you for however long we were talking. Um, That's definitely Angie and uh, my um, definition of what is Feng Shui Um, and all of those. So what we're going to do going forward is we'll dive deeper into the little bitty parts. And then, so then you'll can, you can understand, you know, the Bagua or yin and yang or five elements, or, you know, you know, we'll take it from there and just little different things. So we started today with what is Feng Shui from our perspective, but of course, giving you some background that is universal as well. Yeah. And we actually have a podcast schedule with a lot of fun stuff coming up, but Laura, Laura's kind of taking the lead on the feng shui one-on-one. So we're going to talk about chi and yin and yang, and then we have a bunch of stuff. So uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the holistic space astrology forecast that we'll have next week. And then we have a fun, uh, some fun episodes and some fun, exciting guests coming soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday now for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others. You could subscribe, leave a review, and you can always support the podcast by checking out our school, mindfuldesignschool.com. We have a feng shui certification program if you really want to dive deep, but we also have um, very we have smaller courses and just see what we have at mindfuldesignschool.com we also have a blog there and you can sign up for a newsletter which is really great because there's some special offers that we only share with our newsletter subscribers and if you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level you can visit holisticspaces.com and again mindfuldesignschool.com because we have a blog there so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week